Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of The Boundless Show. This is Lisa Anderson, and we are right in the middle of August, which has me a little bit sad. I feel like summer's getting away from us, but it's okay. I'm going to be positive about it, and we have a great conversation today on the show. A few things coming up. First of all, for our inbox, we have a listener who's wondering... How should you handle your parents' advice if you disagree with them? And one of our fantastic counselors will weigh in on that. And then for our culture segment, uh, since we're talking about getting along with adult parents, Rhonda Stoppy and her son Brandon are with us this week uh, discussing really things that they have done to keep their relationship strong now that he is a young adult. And so I think sometimes we underestimate the tension (laughs) that can be there in these relationships, or we all think we're going to do it better than we actually do. And So hopefully you'll get some great advice uh, from that conversation. Okay, here we are for our roundtable. And we thought it would be fun, especially I think this time of year, it's great when we feel like we're in a summer lull, some of us, uh, to talk about God's work in our life just every day. Like sometimes we hear the big stories or we wish we had a big story. We think uh, something amazing is going on in someone else's life, or certainly we read the books and see the movies about them. But God also shows up on a Tuesday. And so let's go ahead and talk about that. We have got Georgia, Valley, and John here. Hey, everyone. Hello. Hello, hello. Okay. So let's go ahead and um, and start talking about this. Actually, we had, it was last month, we actually had a conversation about um, really God responding to his promptings, kind of like his voice in our life. And are we listening to God or are we just really listening to ourselves and trying to act like it's God? So now we're going to talk about God showing up and actually doing stuff. So the first question I have is just let's have a, you know, let's talk a little bit here, a couple minutes about how do we see God show up? You personally, like in your life, what has that looked like for you? For me, it's certainly been the past five years. i stepped out in faith and moved to Colorado, which I had never even visited before. And I've always told the story and shared it here on the show about going across the Mississippi River one time (laughs) to... um, In a covered wagon? Yes. Not not, (laughs) Not not quite quite covered wagon, but almost. (laughs) But um, anyway, going across the Mississippi River one time before moving out of the Deep South And I really see it just in the friendships he's provided since then and see it with the church community that I have and the opportunities I've been given because I remember shortly after I moved here, one of my bosses described my move as being literally uprooted and replanted, and that was very real. Hmm. But I, I see now, even though I'm a thousand plus miles away from where I grew up, he's been faithful because of the people he's provided. Mm -hmm. That's great. I would also say the community that the Lord has given me, um, I think has really shown me that he is present, that he is here, that he's near. And I think I often forget how the Lord can work through the people around you and the community around you. Um, but I really do see the Lord working through the people around me and I see that daily. And also I didn't really think about this until just now, but I do think that just recently, I think it's been kind of the Lord's grace that, um, like my roommates and that kind of thing has just been really sweet. And I just see the Lord working through that. Yeah, that's cool. That actually reminds me this morning, I was doing an interview with a podcast and I was talking about how the, the whole fact that where it says in scripture that he has allowed the lines to fall for us in pleasant places is a very gracious way of him being involved in everyday life. And we often think that we're supposed to have this crazy circuitous life or weird stuff, or we're going to go off the rails and then God has to drag us back. But there really is a reason for God giving us um, good boundaries in life and what it means to walk that out and to trust him even when we don't want to trust him. And so I think of that as a great example. Sometimes it's our own friends or it's circumstances that help kind of rein us in or be like, hey, stay the course, be encouraged. Mm -hmm. So good thoughts. Yeah. Valley, how about you? For me, this summer has been like the very first time I've ever been away from home. Mm -hmm. So I like went to college really close to my parents, like 30 minutes away. And I like, I see them all the time. And like, I've never like branched out all by myself before. And so um, coming to Colorado for the first time was 
really nerve-wracking and scary. Like, I know nobody. I'm all by myself. But just seeing how the Lord has provided great bosses and community and friends has just been so fantastic. Yeah, that's cool. I was thinking about this question and what came to mind, this is a weird, very practical example, but I can actually recall several times where I have been driving and very distinctly like God has protected me from some wacky wreck or something. In fact, it just happened the other day and I knew we were going to tape this and I was thinking about it. I was turning right out of my neighborhood. And of course, to turn right, I look left because I want to make sure that no cars are coming and I can quickly just slip in. And so I turn and right there, like in my face is a huge construction truck that had chosen to come over into my lane to make the turn like more quickly. And I went back and looked, we were both sharing a lane And that is not even physically possible. So I feel like that was just a miraculous like God event of how because there was there was like a berm, like a, you know, kind of a curb thing over on the other side. And so I'm like, but I just remember seeing the truck in my face and then I scooted out and then he went in and turned in. So it was crazy. And so you see God show up and it's every time like that. Big things are small where I have to remember to say, thank you, Lord. And that's a moment, just a God moment of like protection or, or mm-hmm. whatever. So what do you think are some of that? I guess that would be an example of one. But what are some of the things that we tend to overlook kind of or the areas of our life where we tend to overlook God working? I think one great example is actually something that was one of my mom's favorite things to do, and that's watch the sunset. Mm-hmm. I, when I see the sunset, I think it displays God's heart and handiwork in a beautiful, beautiful way. Yep. And admittedly, here in Colorado, we're kind of spoiled with some of the sunsets we get because they're so pretty out here, and they can go behind the Rocky Mountains. But just taking in the beauty of the fact then. Even in the mornings, we see that his mercies are new every morning, as it says in Lamentations. And one of the most beautiful examples of that is seeing the sun rise. And if I'm staring at my phone or staring at social media for too long to miss that, I think that's a horrible thing to overlook because, man, it's just so beautiful to see that. I do think, not to circle back again just to relationships and friendships, but I do think that sometimes... God's mercy doesn't feel tangible because it's so huge and so big. And so I think when friends have mercy or grace with me, that's just a big reminder that his grace is so much more sufficient and that those friends that show me that grace and mercy, it is out of their love of the Father who has shown them even more grace and mercy. And so I think that's something recently where, you know, if I fall short, or if I said something that I shouldn't have said, and then I have friends that are, you know, willing to give me grace and forgiveness for that, that's just a bigger picture of, of the Father that we follow and that we love. I've been thinking a lot about the comfort of how the Lord created me specifically. So like, there's these beautiful mountain ranges and these gorgeous sunsets and the same God who created all those beautiful things also created me and loves me more than any of that. Mm -hmm. And I think that is just such a great example of just God's supreme mercy and like love for us and our individuality. Yeah, that's good. That's so funny because now, okay, now we're going to get really deep because Valley just brought this up. Um, It made me think of a friend of mine I was talking with last week who is going through a Bible study that's very, it's about addressing past and present brokenness and stuff. And so they're really diving in deep. But she talked about one of the exercises they had to do was kind of talking through where all the things that they're upset with God about like in their own life, like things that they don't like about themselves or things that have gone wrong or where they've messed up or whatever. And really the application was by being angry at God about that, you are telling God that he didn't do a good job in making you and what it looks like to circle back and realize that God does everything for a purpose and his... um his work is is good and for our good and so i think it is so easy for us to kind of go to that place and be you know in, in a good way like valley saying you know and recognizing wow that's amazing but we can easily turn a corner and kind of um get angry or blame god or blame ourselves mm-hmm. in that kind of situation um i was going to say for me a very interesting um just as i was thinking here about trying to um like where we don't give God credit. 
And it's funny because I'm I'm old enough now to know things that I'm good at and things that I'm not good at. And I don't try to play in lanes too often of stuff where I'm just like, that is tragically not something I should be, you know, or whatever. But it is, you know, whether it's career or whatever it is, I feel like it is very easy for people to, people will praise me for stuff like, oh my goodness, that was so great. Or you did that so well, or blah, blah, blah. Or I love your book and stuff like that. And it's very funny because the other day there was just a, um, it was some idea that I talked through or a vision I had for something. And I was talking with someone about it and they're like, I don't even know how you come up with all these creative things. And they were referencing that. And it was very, just like in the moment, it caused me to realize that, you know how I came up with that idea? Like literally God gave me that idea. Mm -hmm. And so just giving God credit for it, because it was like, I could have sat there and thought like, well, I kind of thought through some iterations of this and this Mm -hmm. is stuff that I'd thought of before. But I was like, there is no way I would have come up with that that quickly and felt that confident about it. And I just felt like that was the Lord saying, you know what, I've got this one. Let me tell you exactly what I feel would be great in this space. And so, and just turning that over to him and realizing that, you know, there's a lot of God moving our hand and and giving us planting thoughts in our spirits Mm -hmm. and stuff like that, that we don't give him nearly enough credit for. I was going to say on that note, if you know Emerson, love that guy <laughs> he he's, he's a friend of all of us yeah he's yeah. he's a friend sorry guys if you don't know but he's anytime, been on the show yeah he's been on the show you guys <laughs> anytime that someone gives him a compliment or praises him for something he does he always says praise god hmm. before he like he never i've never heard him say thank you he just says man praise god and i am so inspired by that because i get to work with him closely with bring your bible stuff and it's just so cool to hear him say that every Mm -hmm. single time like i don't think i've ever heard him take the compliment for himself he always turns it back to praise god and i'm like oh you're so like it's just very yeah it's just a good reminder and he does it all the time yeah that's good so to that point um you know let's maybe turn a corner here and talk about well what about the hard stuff what does it look like when god gives us something hard or he makes us walk through something hard or whether it's just something that happens or it's maybe a poor decision that we've made and all of a sudden we're reaping the consequences. How do you see God in that and what do you do in that circumstance? That last one you mentioned really strikes a chord with me because one of the hardest things that I've ever dealt with is when I see somebody who has walked away from the Lord Hmm. and they are openly not following Christ. And this actually happened just a couple weeks ago. I was talking to my dad about a mutual friend of ours, somebody we haven't seen in a number of years, but um, she was a former pastor's wife. And as far as I know now, she's not following the Lord. And I even asked him point blank, I said, does she identify as a Christian? And he said, I don't think she does. Hmm. And um, that's extremely tough when I see that happening. And I have to kind of hold this tension whenever I see that happening. I have to pray for the person who is involved and pray that like the prodigal son, they'll come back home because that's God's desire for them. And I have to be careful about how I say this next thing, because I, I really try to look at their lives and I, I see, is their life getting better or has it gotten worse? And for many of them who have walked away from the Lord, even if they have more worldly possessions, they have more dysfunction in their family or they have more, trauma going on or they have um, more strife going on and there's less connection with people and it's it's just heartbreaking stuff and when i see that happening i'm reminded to myself okay i want to follow jesus because he is worth it all and i will only find true peace and true community when i'm following him Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think for me just remembering that through hard times in my past, God has used those experiences in order to help prepare me for something in the future. And just whenever I am going through like a really difficult season and it feels almost hopeless, it's just such a great reminder to know that God is in control and he can use any sort of situation that we are in for good. Hmm. I would say that through hard times, again, kind of as Valley was saying, the Lord uses it for His glory and our good. And I think 
one of the examples I always think of is when my OCD was kind of at its worst. Um, I had started talking about it with some of my friends in college, and I had a sorority sister who was not a believer and kind of always thought that I didn't struggle or didn't have any hard times. And it opened up a, a conversation about faith and about that mental health struggle. And so I was able to, though it was really hard, I was able to talk about how the Lord was still with me despite those struggles. And even though that thorn in my side is not favorable on this side of heaven, if it does good for the kingdom, then I think it's worth enduring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's interesting how, you know, as someone who, um, you know, is older than you guys and has experienced a lot of life in a lot of different spheres. It's interesting how um, I think back and just seasons that were really hard. Like, I mean, I got diagnosed with an autoimmune disease that for, I had a season of probably a year and a half where there were days I couldn't get out of bed. I mean, it was really rough. And I actually thought I was going to die. I mean, I wasn't, you know, it wasn't like mental health crisis, but I just literally thought I would not be able to sustain And I remember just thinking how every day I would wake up and it was such small things that were kind of victories for me and just recognizing that God would just be there. And it wasn't like, oh, today's the day where I conquer the world or I accomplish major things or I make all these strides. But just recognizing that that season was hard and every day was hard. But you know, when you're in a valley, you're in a valley because there are mountains on either side of you. So no one walks through a valley for the most part except for Job, maybe (laughs) for a super (laughs) long season that you never can see, you know, you're never going to climb out of. And so I always realize, you know, same thing for mountaintops, y'all, you know, Mm -hmm. your whole life isn't going to be a mountaintop either. And so, but God walks us through. And um, so that's always been an encouragement to me just to sometimes I just look at the ground right in front of me. And I'm like, this is what I have today. And I got to walk it out. I don't have to worry about tomorrow at this mm-hmm. point. But mm-hmm. really good um, good thoughts on that front. So, okay, kind of final question here. Um, what would be your encouragement then to folks who are kind of like, well, I'm not really sure that I'm seeing God show up or I don't know where to look for God in everyday life. What would be your encouragement to them kind of heading into um, the remainder of this week? I love the verses in Isaiah 55 where it says, seek the Lord while he may be found, call upon him while he's near. And I would really encourage somebody to go read that and meditate on it. And ultimately, Jesus even said this in the New Testament book of Matthew, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and the door shall be opened to you. I mean, ultimately, we do have to have a heart that's willing to ask God and it's honestly a daily thing. That's something I have to ask the Lord for all the time because um, some days I feel more like seeking God than other days. There are some days I don't want to get out of bed and come to work, but I come anyway because I know that there's people depending on me to get stuff done. And many times seeking God looks exactly like that. We just put one foot in front of the other, like you said, and just keep seeking him just keep going for it and ask him to show up i think my encouragement would be to look for the ways that god is working in your life you're not going to see something you're not looking for or looking at and just have the expectation that god is working in your life and even if it's in like the mundane things that he is still there and you can still be thankful and grateful for those yeah just to piggyback off of those, I would just say it is a relationship. If you're not constantly meeting with God, then there will be things that you maybe miss, or maybe it's harder to hear the Spirit speaking to you if you're not constantly going back to Him and speaking to Him and communing with Him. I think that's just the biggest thing. Is It's just like any other relationship in that if you don't work on it and if you don't go and speak and um, tell him your thoughts and feelings, then you may miss things that, that he's trying to show you or um, trying to tell you. So I think that's just important just to go back to him daily. And like John said, it's not always easy because I think just like, again, just the other examples of relationships, sometimes we don't want to call our mom, even though she asked us to, but we should. Yeah. 
such great thoughts, you guys. I'm going to just, I'll close with something super basic because I just thought of it. Sometimes we just have to like take a nap. You know, I mean, I, that sounds like, I mean, this is just like a super burnt out generation. And I think we feel Mm. so obligated to be doing the next thing or be looking at the next thing. And if we're not doing four things on the side, then what are we even doing? You know, and I think sometimes we might have to just reframe and, you know, it's like, uh, you know, when I babysat all my nieces and nephews, you just need a nap. And so take a little nap get a snack, pray about it, <laughs> and see what God does. That's super basic, y'all, but that's my advice because I know it sometimes works. So. No, it's great. But they, Completely thanks. agree. So yes. relatable. Thanks. I know. Who doesn't love napping? <laughs> you guys, it's so great. So, well, thanks, all, everyone, for weighing in on this. This was awesome. Thanks for having Thank us. Thank you, Lisa. Lisa. Not just a thing up in the sky, a sweet by and by. No, no. Not just a set of pearly gaze with wings no it's more heaven is here heaven is now heaven is a thing that is coming down it lives in the hearts of those who believe the kingdom of god that's living in me bring it Well, folks, here we are for our culture segment this week, and we are bringing back a friend of Boundless, Rhonda Stoppy. Rhonda, it's so great to have you. So happy to be back again. I love your show. Well, it is a blast. Um, you may have known, um, we've had Rhonda on the show in the past. In fact, she has talked about dating. Um, she wrote a Real Life Romance. We've talked about that. We've talked about navigating that space, as well as a couple other, even like um, in the context of relationships and preparing for marriage and stuff. So Rhonda has talked about that. But because we like it when friends bring friends, she decided to bring her own son, Brandon. So Brandon, welcome to The Boundless Show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Great to have you here. And I mean, they don't know this, but we're just ready to like pick their brains because they are mother son. And we're like, you know what? Here's what we hear a lot at Boundless, like young adult children, all y'all listening to us who are like, okay, Lisa, you need to help me because my mom is telling she's trying to control my life and I'm 32 or all the frustrations of young adulthood. And then I have to turn it back on you guys and be like, okay, but listen, are you honoring your parents? Do you take good advice from them if it is good? Are you, you know, don't just like abandon them because you started dating someone and now you don't want to hear it. So anyway, there's advice and some exhortation on both ends of this. And so we're going to have a fun conversation around that. So just as a reminder, um, Rhonda is the No Regrets woman. She is an author. She's a speaker. She's a pastor's wife. Um, She has done so much in the space of women's ministry, as well as married couples, relationship advice um, for a long time. And she's also the host of the Old Ladies Know Stuff podcast, which is a super fun title for a show. So you're definitely going to want to check that out. And we're going to have all the related links for you in our show notes. So um, and then Brandon, you are a worship pastor in California. Yes. So that's just, that's big time in Modesto, California. Yeah, a church called Big Valley Grace. Okay. So that's just, that just makes me want to ask all these like worship related questions, which we can't even get into. We we don't have enough time. If you can can just seed some of that into your answers, we would appreciate it. it. That'd be super fun. Just sing your answers. There we go. (laughs) That'd be fun too. So let's go ahead and jump in. We want to get talking about this because I think this is going to be very real and relatable. So I want to, first of all, Rhonda, let's start with you. Talk to us straight up. Like you're talking to young adults, you're talking to, you know, children of parents, primarily probably boomers and some Gen X parents um, who have millennials and Gen Z kids. What would you say if you had to look back on your years of parenting, especially as your kids entered the teen years and adulthood, 
what did you discover were some of the biggest pain points, like expectations that you had that all of a sudden weren't met, things weren't turning out how you thought they had you had scripted them in your head? Speak on behalf of a parent as far as like, if I could tell young adults what they need to know about this, here's what it is. It's amazing how we do. We have this sweet little bond with the little baby that is going to love us forever Mm -hmm. and always know that I have all the answers. And just hang out with you forever. And hang out with me forever and want to be my BFF. And when they start pushing us away as moms, it starts happening in, you know, adolescent Mm -hmm. age. It's devastating. And Mm -hmm. you feel betrayed and you feel such like grief that they don't hang on your every word anymore. Mm -hmm. So I always tell moms of littles, enjoy this time, but know that it is for this time. Yeah, Uh, We just did a show for folks on the family, Brandon and I together, and we talked about adolescent sons, when they hit that age, they crave respect from their moms. And Mm -hmm. actually, your daughters do also. Mm -hmm. And when we have to, as moms, I'm speaking to myself, I'm 62 years old, because hashtag old ladies know stuff. (laughs) They learn from your successes and your failures. Mm -hmm. When we would go toe to toe was more when I was still trying to control out of fear of a bad consequence that might come their way or Mm -hmm. something wouldn't turn out well for them. And I didn't, I wanted to rescue them. Mm -hmm. So for those of you that are listening going, yeah, that's my mom. (laughs) Know that our motive is to rescue you. Mm -hmm. And our motive is to help you not go down a path that we think might hurt you. Mm -hmm. But sometimes we overstep. And I've had to tell my kids I'm, and I always put in quotes, helpful. Nana's (laughs) being helpful. We have 15 grandkids. I want to be helpful. But please tell me when I'm not being helpful. I really want not to have you behind closed doors, talk to your other siblings like, okay, who's going to stop mom from being the crazy lady? I really want to be told in a respectful, kind way. It's it's not helpful when you step in and give all that advice. Let us figure this out on our own. Yeah. Well, it's interesting you say that because you are, by identifying your age, you're a a quintessential boomer. Um, (laughs) Kind of, you know, towards the tail end of the boomer generation a little bit. Um, Did you say I'm old? I think I heard you say I'm old. (laughs) Old ladies know sex. That's right. So, okay. So so that said, it is very fascinating because I speak a lot on generations and the differences between generations. And boomers are notorious, both in a good and bad way, for being... There's a reason the term helicopter parents Mm -hmm. was created. And boomers prioritize comfort, safety, happiness, you know, a lot of that coming out of the post-war generation. And so then they're trying to transfer that to their kids or, as you said, control that for their kid's story. And sometimes their kids are like not really having it because they want to create their own experience. So in light of that, Brandon, talk about from your perspective as a um, young adult uh, child of Rhonda, Mm, (laughs) give give what it looks like. What what did you notice were some of the tipping points or pain points as far as transitioning into adulthood with a mom who did, quite frankly, care? And and Brandon's (laughs) married and has four kids of his own now. So we have to preface that. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, but that doesn't mean that she wasn't still trying to no. enter into right. yeah, yeah, Just yeah. Know where he's yeah. at in, in life. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, the helicopter parent thing, I feel fortunate because I don't really feel like that's been the case for me. Um, there was times definitely in adolescence and like that kind of period of life where uh, my mom and I, we would, you know, kind of butt heads and try to work it out. But it was very much of a what what we went through at that point like drew us really we we built this trust and this respect for one another in that time that was really healthy um and i think when i think about even when i turned 18 i remember it was kind of like uh, my mom and dad were just kind of they didn't like kick me out and say go and figure it out but basically it was like we've done our we've done our job mm-hmm. and we trust our parenting enough to trust you in the world in mm-hmm. you making your, your decisions. And, and they were always there as support and, and I always could lean on that, but that was so empowering for me just as a, a young man, mm-hmm. 18 years old and being like, my parents trust their parenting enough mm-hmm. that they, not that like, you know, I, I didn't want to let them down, but I, I, I was, I was like, man, there's a lot on the line here mm-hmm. and I really want to live up to like what they've given me, the trust that they've like instilled in me. And I'm like, I'm, I, for me, at least, I didn't really have the helicopter parent thing going yeah. on, which was um, oh, in my I'm heart. Super, I was helicopter mom. <laughs> fortunate, yeah. yeah, yeah. And my husband rubbing my thigh, going, "Let it go." She's yeah. like yeah, a yeah. taking her nails into her palms to keep from yeah. saying things. So, so, so t- I don't want to disconnect from people no. in that way. But I, I was very fortunate 
to not have that. Okay. If, uh, well, do tell us, though, what, what would you say then were some of the things that they did that best set you up for adulthood? Because clearly there were some good constructs there. What do you feel like you really took from their parenting that gave you the tools to enter adulthood successfully? Yeah. And yeah. Were there, was there anything where you felt like, okay, this is because of my generation, because of where I am, because of what unique experiences I'm having, I'm going to have to figure this out on my own? Yeah. Like, what was the both and for that? There was a healthy give and take of them saying, hey, you need to do this or this is this is priority. You need to like and then also of like, hey, we're going to give you the opportunity to figure this out on your own. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, as a parent, I'm still learning that even with my kids Um, and my kids are young. They're little. So I'm not even in the adolescent age yet. But I know that what I'm what I'm setting up right now, it's all going to come to a pinnacle Mm -hmm. at at adolescence. I mean, there's Mm going to be. a a huge moment where it all kind of intersects. But um, as far as my parents and and growing up, I I just always felt they just trusted me. And and they, they, it's hard. Like, I don't want to say like, they just trusted me to do whatever I, whatever I wanted to do. Like, that's not, that's not it at all. Uh, They guided me, but their guidance was not hovering and not controlling, Mm -hmm. if that made sense. And that left a lot of space for Mm -hmm. for me to kind of figure things out on my own. Mm -hmm. And then by the time I turned 18 and I was going to college, um, I had that instilled in me, Mm -hmm. like through high school is learning that wisdom, learning how to how to proceed in a a Christ-like way, in a Mm -hmm. way. And I can remember, though, as mom of adult children, you know, like they come home for a visit. Your friend called. You should call him back. Mm. Well, I'll, I'll call him later. <laughs> well, I told him you'd call him. You should call him back. And like yeah. you get this look from your kid like, <laughs> I'll call. I've been away at college. I don't need you to manage my social life. Yeah. Where I'm thinking, I promised them you'd call them back. You yeah. have to call them back or I look bad. <laughs> right. Yeah. I was just going to say, because now it reflects <laughs> now on you. I didn't pass yeah. the baton. Mm-hmm. But asking your kids, like, I want you to tell me when I'm doing that. And I remember telling you and my oldest daughter uh, and saying, I've done this your whole life and I'm trying to find my new place. Mm-hmm. So for those of you that are adults are saying my parents aren't finding their new place. No, they're learning. They're trying. So instead of just getting mad at them and pushing them out of your life completely, first of all, the Bible calls us to respect our parents. It doesn't mean we have to run to them for advice over every little thing. What's crazy to me is watching your kids fall in love, Mm -hmm. watching them date. Mm -hmm. Only one of our children married someone that we actually knew. Like Mm. all the rest of them got married when they were away at college. Not got married. They came home. We paid for the wedding. (laughs) We did that part or his his wife's mom did. But they met someone at college and then brought that person home. Mm -hmm. And we at that point had to trust they're being led by the spirit and encourage them. There was one relationship with my oldest son who the girl that was in his life was not a good experience for him. And we prayed. We didn't go in and manipulate, but we prayed. Mm-hmm. And and now he'll come back and say, thank you for praying for, for that because I needed clarity and I was not in a good place. I love watching my kids fall in love, but I love knowing I'm raising them for their spouse. Mm-hmm. Moms of sons, man, we want them to be our little boy forever. Mm-hmm. One of the stories, all my kids' love stories are in my book, Real Life Romance. Okay. They're all four in the back of the book. Yep. I love those stories. But one story that I recall and I love telling when Brandon was a little boy, he's a musician, he's a singer, but when he was like kindergarten, Christmas play at school, singing with his little red cardigan sweater on. <laughs> and I whistle real loud when my kids are, so they know mama's in the room. And he looked over at me and he winked at me. Aww. And I was like, oh. So from then on, whenever he was doing something, he's a musician, I would be in the crowd and I would whistle and he would wink at me. Mm -hmm. Even when he was older and touring or somewhere that at the church he was playing at that he was leading worship in Southern California, if I would whistle, he would know mom's in the crowd, dim lights, but he could find me and he'd wink at me. Mm -hmm. He married his college sweetheart, Jesse. She's precious. And they moved to Nashville where Brandon was working as a musician in church one Sunday. He was on stage playing with the praise band and Jesse was sitting in the front row and behind her a woman was sitting and she took a picture from behind Jesse to Brandon on stage and she had been reading Moms Raising Sons to be men hmm. and she texted me the picture and she said I'm gonna cry he winks at her now Aww. and that's what we want yeah you don't want you know you're not raising your son to be your baby the rest of your life you're raising him for her yeah so we as parents have to make that transition and help them transfer their emotions, their affection to their spouse. Yeah. But it's not an easy thing to do. Yeah. 
Let's talk a little bit about vocation, too, because I think that's something that a lot of parents can try to control or being worried. I mean, I I half jokingly say when I graduated from college, I had a liberal arts degree, um, literature, and I added communications to be a little practical. But my parents actually gave me a T-shirt at graduation that said, I have a liberal arts degree. Do you want fries with that? Like, no. (laughs) And I feel like there was a bit of like concern. It wasn't just a joke. So anyway, and I kind of uh, lived into that a little bit in my 20s. But that said, I mean, here we have Brandon here, singer, songwriter, whatever. I mean, that could go a number of different ways. You know, I mean, there are guys in their 50s still trying to be singer songwriters and whatever. So how how did you have a balance, Rhonda, between seeing giftings in him and passion in him, but also recognizing like, okay, at some point, this guy's called to, you know, support and provide for a wife and a family. And is can he do this? Or am I going to have to be his PR person? Or what, you know, where am I going to step in on this? Which would be a major fail. Right. If I was his PR person. <laughs> He's like, oh, back off. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember the year he was graduating from high school Mm -hmm. and he wanted to go to school and he wanted to study music. And there were a couple of men in our life that had pulled him aside and said, you can't support a family with that. Mm -hmm. You're making a big mistake to pursue that. Mm -hmm. But we had taught our kids, if you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. That doesn't mean do everything good and God will bless whatever you Mm -hmm. wish for. He will put a burning desire in your heart to use your gifts and your talents for him. And we saw Brandon's story unfolding. He became this amazing musician at a very young age. He had epilepsy, had, was on medication, mm. couldn't play sports, didn't want to. But at that season of his life, he became a phenomenal musician mm. at a very young age. At mm. 10 years old, Steve's like, I've never met someone who thinks in music theory like this kid does. Wow. So when these people are being practical and helping him be practical and really wanting to you know, hey, you got to be able to pay for your family, having him come back to Steve and I and say, we trust that you're following Christ. And that's what I'm going to talk to the adults that are listening. If your parents can trust that you're not sleeping with your boyfriend or your girlfriend, that you're following Christ with your life, I can trust your heart. I can mm-hmm. trust that God's going to guide you. He's going to chart the path ahead of you. He's going to be your rear guard. Yeah. And I can pray for you to have wisdom, discernment, protection, and I can cheer you on along the way. Yeah, because the Holy Spirit will take control. I mean, again, it's like, you know, it's not like he's like, oh, I don't really know what to do. I don't know how to handle your life. I mean, yeah. he is faithful to guide, you know, and why not avail ourselves of the Holy Spirit's wisdom and power? So that's good. Mm-hmm. All right, Brandon, from you, yeah. I need you to straight up give some advice to the young adults listening. What yeah. have been some of the best things that you have learned from your parents? Like things that you have seen them model, things that you have heard them say. What would be your advice to a young adult who like, yeah, you know, I guess maybe I should tune into my parents and learn from some of the things that they've walked through already. What has been most helpful to you? Sure. Yeah. You know, um, I think the thing my, my dad said, um, and he always told me growing up, he said, son, you can be, you know, a CEO of a company. You can be a really successful lawyer. You could be doing anything. You could do a job that's maybe just like seems like it's beneath you or whatever. As long as you're following the Lord, I'm proud of you. Mm. And there was just so much freedom in that. Mm-hmm. And and for me, I was able to just kind of take a, a a breath of relaxation in my life and and just know, hey, the Lord is my priority. And I don't have to like meet any expectation. I don't have to perform a certain way that my parents are expecting me to perform. It was super freeing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I realized that not a lot of people get that or have that. Um, and for people who are feeling maybe that pressure uh, to perform, the Lord has put the parents in your life for a reason. Mm-hmm. And how are you going to honor that? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's not going to be easy and maybe it's going to be difficult. Maybe it's going to be hard conversations. Maybe it's going to be, you know, struggles for control or whatever. Um, but how are you going to honor what the Lord has put mm-hmm. in front of you? Mm-hmm. Um I think that's important in how we interact with each other. And I think, too, a big piece is, especially in marriage, I don't know if (laughs) you can relate, but we get into these cycles and they're just like behavioral cycles and we don't really like break down, okay, what's going on? Or we don't really like break through. We just respond and react in the way that we know how to respond and react. And I think it can happen in any relationship, especially with parents and their adult children. You can get into that spiral and Mm -hmm. just kind of not get anywhere but I think breaking down that spiral and 
really building that trust and really understand, okay, what's going on? What are you actually understanding where the parents are coming from? Like, why are you telling me all this? Like, Mm -hmm. and they just care. They love, they love Mm -hmm. you and they care. And I think seeking in those moments, like, how am I going to honor the Lord Mm -hmm. even in this struggle? And yeah. this personal struggle and this control struggle, how am I going to honor the Lord in this? Because it's it's the hand you're dealt, you yeah. know, and and that's important. And that'll that'll build into every aspect of your life and how you handle your your family, how you handle your parents is going to be mm-hmm. it's going to be crucial to how you handle other relationships or how you handle other situations that come up in life. Yeah. And I think that is so helpful because it's very much I think often as young adults, um, we don't take into account like there are personality differences that come into play here. We think everyone's going to be like us and think like us and have the same experiences. And it's like, no, I mean, your parents may say something whack, but it's like take it from a position of don't, you know, assume the best about their motives, about their, you know, take it, you know, into consideration that they're speaking from a different generation. They're maybe speaking from their own perspective in that sense, their own experience. And so I think it's helpful for us to not just say like, well, that's not me or that's not whatever. Um, and that that's a safe place for a mom and yeah. a dad. When I, I know that my kids, you know, First Corinthians 13, love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Mm-hmm. That word believes means believes the best about another person. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I know that my adult children and their spouses believe the best about Nana. Mm -hmm. I really am here to try to be helpful. Mm -hmm. And if I overstep, it is not my intent and I really don't want to. But I feel safe knowing they're believing the best about me. They're not rolling their eyes or talking behind my back. Give that gift to your parents. And then be a grown up. If your parents are overstepping, don't be yelling and screaming, but just say, hey, I need to talk to you about this. This makes me feel like I'm still 12 years old. Can we relate in a different way? That's that's a good point because you can still react from a place of immaturity Mm -hmm. because you've grown up with that. I remember just recently, Brandon and Jesse went on their 10 year anniversary trip and he took her to Monterey, California. Mm -hmm. And it's May, but it's cold over there mm-hmm. at this time of year. It's just overcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jesse grew up in Southern California. Beaches mm. are always warm. Yeah. So when they were getting ready to go, as they were leaving, I was like, do you have a jacket? She, she was like, but. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, first I asked one time, do you have a jacket? She goes, yeah, I have one. I go, because it's surprisingly cold over there. And then I said, I'm so sorry. And then like just weeks later, something else came up that they were going to go do something. And I literally was like, if they don't take a jacket, they're going to be so cold. (laughs) And so I finally said, Jesse, I'm so sorry, but (laughs) do you have a jacket? (laughs) She goes, you can't help yourself. I'm like, I know. I'm so sorry, but do you have one? (laughs) And you just have to like tuck one into her stuff. Yeah, exactly. So (laughs) So it's like your motive and that kids can get mad and trigger like, mom, I'm not 12. If I'm, if I don't have a jacket, I don't have a jacket. Yeah. But in my heart, it's like, I just, I've been over there when it's cold and it's miserable and I'm trying to save you from being miserable. Yeah. So (laughs) as, okay. So just in, you know, know, as we finish out here, Rhonda, give some advice, because this is very good for how, what's the best way to, in a respectful, honoring way, establish some healthy boundaries when it comes to, I want great advice. I want to involve you in my life. I want to be, but I need to be my own person or we need to be our own marriage. We need to be what what works well in even in a way of how to couch those conversations and how to seed them um, in a way that really honors both parties. Don't wait till it's a blow up to have that conversation. Don't wait till you're triggered to say, this is what I'm talking about. Don't wait until you don't have a coat. Okay. (laughs) Because because then Rhonda will come in and she'll be like, you need one. Okay. Yeah. But but decide pray about it mm-hmm. i want to honor my parents lord i'm I, this is what you've asked me to do they te- they treat me in a dishonorable way mm-hmm. they are mocking my degree in college mm-hmm. i graduated with a psychology degree and i'm now a barista and i wish i could be doing something else but this is where i find myself mm-hmm. and every time they say those jabbing comments i just feel like a loser all those things instead of saying okay mom dad have a nice dinner so nobody's hungry nobody's hangry (laughs) (laughs) and then say I just want to talk about a few things and I know this is hard Mm -hmm. but you're a grown up if you want them to see you as a grown up have conversations that matter. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about, I affirm your love for me. I know your motives are so good. And I, you guys have done this, this, and this in a great way. I'm the person I am because of these things I learned from you. Mm-hmm. But we're in this weird transition place where I still want to get advice from you. I still want, <laughs> you would remind me to bring a jacket if it's a cold <laughs> day. No, mm-hmm. <laughs> but but I need you to not talk to me with that tone of voice. Mm-hmm. When you talk in that tone, I feel like you're talking down to me or I need to not have you 
give those jabbing comments that I'm supposed to pick up on those subtle hints of why I'm letting you down. Mm -hmm. I need you to affirm the things I am trying. I need you to pray for me, Mm -hmm. celebrate my accomplishments. I need you to encourage me when I fail because men learn from their failures. Mm -hmm. Men learn from their mistakes. So Mm -hmm. when we as moms try to keep our sons from ever making a mistake in our home or once they're out. Stunting. Yeah. Yeah. Now they don't know how to recover. They don't know how you'll respond if Mm -hmm. they have a mistake that they were like, my mom will die if she knows I did this thing. Yeah. But be a grown up and have the conversations that matter, not heated. And those, if you're not married, this will carry over into your marriage. Mm -hmm. Like Brandon was just making reference to Mm -hmm. how you talk to your parents you're going to take that into your marriage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're going to trigger when your your wife says, hey, yeah. you didn't take the garbage out. Don't treat me like I'm 12 years old. Yeah, it's, sure. it's not going to change just because you're magically married and you're not going to respond to something you don't like. Yeah. Learn it now. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, this has been such a great jump-starting conversation to many others that could probably happen. And obviously, we're going to take it over to social media where you can weigh in kind of what have been some of your pain points. What does that look like? Um, and how really can you seek to honor God by honoring your parents and other, um, you know, different generations in having these conversations? I also want to make you aware of um, there is a book Rhonda has uh, titled Moms Raising Sons to Be Men, Guiding Them Toward Their Purpose and passion and, you know, specifically talking about sons. And obviously, Brandon has showed up here today. But we want to make a copy of the book available to you for a gift of any amount to Boundless. So many of you already give to Boundless. Um, You just hop over to Boundless.org, search for 810-810. That's this week's episode. And uh, you'll see the book cover there. Just click on it. You give a gift to Boundless. We want to send a copy of Moms Raising Sons as our thank you to you. And so um, there's always great wisdom and Rhonda delivers it in such a fun spirit. And so thanks so much, you two, for being part of this conversation. My Thank pleasure. You. Thanks for having us. When I was a kid, I was sure I could run across the ocean. Now I was going to be an astronaut. But it was you and it was me. I had everything I needed. Faith could even move a mountain top. And then I grew up. And then I got older, and my life got tough, and we grew apart. Folks, here we are for our inbox. We are going to answer one of your questions. And the fantastic Joni DeBrito from our counseling department mm-hmm. is here. Joni, it's so good to have you. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. Always love it. Okay, this one's kind of short and sweet, but um, you're going to have to take a stab at this. Our listener is asking, now that I'm an adult, should I take my parents' advice even when I disagree with them? Great question, and I think a question that many young and and middle-aged adults have as well. And I would say, first of all, to think about your parents as being part of your support system throughout your life. And so you want to continue to nurture that relationship as you will also be part of their support system. So I think the important thing, first of all, is to communicate mutual respect for one another. And respect doesn't necessarily mean that you have to agree. It just means that you're willing to listen to their advice and consider it and consider it in terms of why they think something might be important for you um, and then think about your particular situation and does their solution or their advice make sense for you and if it doesn't it's really okay for you as an adult to say 
Thank you. I've considered what you've had to say, but I disagree, and this is the decision I'm going to make. You have that right as an adult to make decisions for yourself. You need to be thinking about the fact that, of course, when you make decisions, whether they turn out to be have good endings or bad endings, you have to uh, be willing to take the consequences of good decisions and the consequences of bad decisions that don't turn out so well. So for sure, listen and show that respect to your parents by taking what they have to say into consideration, but you have a right to make your own choices. Now, there's one other side to this, and that is that I'm kind of assuming from the question, and it's a big assumption because I may not be right, that it's advice that was offered after a an adult asked a parent for that advice. What happens sometimes is some parents give a lot of unsolicited advice. And if that is the kind of thing that's happening, it's really important for adults to be able to say, I know you have a lot of like, life experience, I appreciate you, but what I would like to do going forward is I'd like you to let me live my life. And then if there's something where I feel like I need some advice, I'd like to be able to come to you and ask for that. Or if there's something that you have a grave concern about, by all means, bring it up. But grave concerns mean once in a while, not once a week, or I have a grave concern, (laughs) because you can use that excuse for anything. I have a grave concern about you wearing that dress to a wedding. Mm -hmm. That's not a grave concern. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So if you have parents who are giving a lot of unsolicited advice at a time when you feel like they're open to hearing you, I would very respectfully say, I appreciate your advice. You've given me a lot of good advice, but now I'd like to do my own thing, and I'd only like you to give me unsolicited advice if you really feel like I'm going down the road of doing something that's potentially dangerous to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great point. I think um, one thing, too, that I thought of as I read this is the idea of a lot of times, you know, we'll bristle at getting advice from parents, especially, Mm -hmm. or feeling like they're butting in or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so because you are an adult... You make adult decisions. That's part of moving into maturity and into adulthood. But the converse of that is you take ownership and responsibility for your decisions. And so don't be that person that's like, I don't want to take this advice. And then you make mistakes or whatever and then you blame your parents you know in return so you're going to be on both your sides parents of that. to fix it <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah okay i messed Show up, up. i know up. what you said but right. now i need a thousand dollars for you to right. fix this for me <laughs> exactly. that's that whole idea about being willing to pay the consequences good or bad of your decisions yeah excellent so well such great advice Joni. thank you so much you're as welcome. always for being in here Um, Everyone, we, of course, want to hear from you, and we love hearing from you specifically on social media, and a great way to hit us up via our DMs or commenting on a thread is by following us on Facebook and Instagram in particular, and uh, we love to get conversations going there, and so plan to find us uh, on both Facebook and Instagram, Facebook at Boundless.org and Instagram at Boundless Team, and to tell your friends as well, and you can join us in having these fun discussions before and after the fact. Until then, I will see you around next week. I'm Lisa Anderson for The Boundless Show. The Boundless Show is a production of Boundless.org. Focus on the family. It can be challenging to inspire your community to see life the way God sees it. So what's the solution? Well, on June 15th, Focus on the Family is hosting Sea Life 24. And no matter where you are or who you are, you can be a part of this free event with speakers like Ben and Kirsten Watson and real stories about choosing life. Sea Life 24 will inspire you to translate your faith into action. Register today at sealife24.org.